Thank you for listening to the Sean Vig podcast. I'm your host, Sean Vig. You can learn, learn more about me by visiting seanvigfitness.com, where you can download my free fitness app, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and browse my collection of fitness books, among other things. Today's guest on the Sean Vig podcast is Dean Pullman, founder of Manflow Yoga. Dean Pullman. Let me read my little copy here. Dean Pullman is the leader of the number one brand of men's yoga for fitness, Manflow Yoga. Since starting Manflow Yoga in 2013, he has been featured in Men's Health, Men's Fitness, Fox News 13 Tampa, KXAN-TV in Austin, and multiple podcasts. His book, Yoga Fitness for Men, was professionally published by Dorling Kindersley Publishers, also called DK Publishers, and was a number one new release in three categories on Amazon, including men's health, yoga, and stretching. In 2016, he co-produced the top two best-selling Yoga Boost DVD, and since then has launched the Body by Yoga DVD series. In 2014, he self-published a best-selling ebook, Yoga Basics for Men, which hit number one in four categories on Amazon. Dean's work has been used by professional athletes in the National Football League and Major League Lacrosse, as well as collegiate football, lacrosse, hockey, and other D1 athletes. His yoga brand, Manflow Yoga, has over 5,000 customers worldwide and has an audience of over 160,000 on social media. Dean, it's great to chat with you once again. Wow. What an intro. Thank you so much. Would you believe me <laughs> if I said I memorized that? Mm, maybe. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, I know we've been friends for uh, quite a long time. We haven't spoken in a, in a, in a couple of years now. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's good to be on the show. It's, it's great to have you. When I launched my podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of. And I believe it was, it was about two years ago when we last spoke. And we've done, we've done a couple video collaborations together. Yeah. I actually still get comments about that. So Good ones? Yeah, good ones. People like it. Yeah, the first one I remember you, because you're in Austin, Texas. And you were, were, you underne- were you underneath an overpass? Oh, yeah. I was underneath an overpass and there were birds. So it was just like tons of chirping and also lots of driving. I don't know why we even used that video. but It, it, it was um, great, though. I was out in a field in Florida. We had this Florida-Texas connection. And I was with the birds, Dean. And, and you were talking about <laughs> broken glass all around you. And yep, there was. There was it, was. it was not a great spot. Well, I think but we, I thought it looked cool. It, it did look neat. I mean, you, look, you always look cool. And we... Uh, you know, I, I appreciated your sense of danger. You wanted to film outside and you want something that was actually kind of dangerous, whether getting hit by a car or stepping on broken glass. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> why would you, why would you film a workout if, if not? I don't, well, we, we spoke about that and I'm like, Oh, I like this guy. Yeah. We, we've done a couple of those collaborations since. So it's great to get you on the podcast. Um, well, let's start uh, man flow yoga. Dean Pullman, you're very well known for doing yoga in general and also working with men. How did you first get into yoga? So I started yoga entirely on accident. I was actually looking for a tailor uh, and I was wandering around this shopping complex trying to find the tailor. And I quite literally stumbled into a yoga studio. And at the time, I was a collegiate I was a collegiate athlete for the University of Wisconsin. I was playing lacrosse there. Um, I had just gotten back from Turkey where I was 
doing an internship at the U.S. Embassy in Ankara. And I was going to go to the gym after that. And instead, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll just do this, this silly little yoga class. Um, and I went in and I looked around and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be fine. And halfway through, I was pretty much, you know, totally dead. And I was, I've always been like, I've always been the strongest guy. Um, not necessarily, I think about not necessarily the strongest, but the one who's like able to push through and last the longest in the workouts mm-hmm. or the guy who wins like the suicides. Um, which is, you know, just lots of sprinting back and forth. And so, you know, to be in that workout and not make it like I, I stayed the whole time, but halfway through I had zero energy left. I was at that point, I was just sweating buckets and, and trying to stand up. Um, but, and it was a big, it was a Bikram yoga class. So it was, a you know, ah, Bikram. To, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Had you heard anything about yoga before you went into the class? What attracted actually, you into the studio? I think I knew that I wanted to work on my flexibility and that it was something that I hadn't really done before. Um, and it was, I was, I mean, I love working out and I love fitness. I've been a lifelong athlete and I've done every type of fitness I, I, that I can get my hands on. And so um, I'd wanted to try it out, but I just, the opportunity hadn't really presented itself. And even at that point, I think I, I think my friend had invited me to come to a yoga class a few months before that. And I was like, no, I'm not going to a yoga class. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that, and you know, this is 2011 when it, it was totally different on I mean, it was only eight years ago, but it's totally different from, from, uh, from, you know, what people think about yoga now. Mm-hmm. Um, so back then I was, it was like, nah, I don't want to go work out and do a woman's workout. Um, and then I went and, you know, pretty much had my mind blown. Every preconception of yoga was destroyed. I was totally humbled. And I realized that, okay, I need to start doing this on a more regular basis because I'm clearly very weak in a lot of areas. It is a very different feeling, isn't it? As opposed to a conventional exercise, say weightlifting, which I still do quite a bit, but Mm -hmm. a full, and this was Bikram yoga. The last person I spoke to on my podcast was Leslie Fightmaster. Do you know Leslie? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I've heard of Fight Master Yoga. I have a, a few of my followers will bring her up as someone they also follow. Mm-hmm. And she said the first yoga class she ever took was Bikram also. 26 poses in a row. It was the first time she had ever experienced anything like that. And she pretty much said what you had said about it too. Very humbling, very different kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And then, well, 20, I took a couple of those back in the day in Florida too. Um, what do you, are you, uh, no, you don't teach Bikram, do you? No, I don't. I don't teach people. I never got, never looked into getting certified. Okay, so where was this that you took the class? This was in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Cleveland. And, uh, okay. Yeah, that's where I grew up. I know we're both Wisconsin people, but that's because my my mom's side of the family's from Wisconsin. I went to school in Wisconsin, but uh, um, I did not grow up in Wisconsin. So Cleveland, Ohio, is back home uh, for winter break before my next semester. Okay, and what did you study in school? Middle Eastern studies, languages and cultures of Asia, and history. So I triple majored in a bunch of, bunch of things that are totally useless in the real world. <laughs> but you did work over in Turkey, right? That's true. I did, I, I did do an internship at the U.S. Embassy uh, in, in Ankara, which is the capital of Turkey. Um, and I did study abroad a couple of times, uh, once with the University of Wisconsin, once with a uh, critical language scholarship, uh, which is basically an immersion program to learn Turkish through the State Department. So, um, 
I, I use it a fair bit. Okay. So then what led you to Texas and uh, how did, when did man flow yoga start to make an appearance in your life or teaching yoga? So can, <laughs> my dog is literally snoring in the background. Oh, I don't, um, no, Addie, oh, Addie went upstairs. She was barking a bit ago here, but. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, I think something is wrong with her um, in terms of her snoring abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I started Manful Yoga because I wanted my lacrosse team to do yoga with me. And um, they wouldn't go to a class with me. And so I was the conditioning coach. And so I was like, all right, fine, we're going to do yoga because you guys are all inflexible and it's going to make you feel great and you're going to love it. So um, they were a little skeptical at first, but then afterwards we finished and I actually got them, you know, into Shavasana and, and then they, they loved it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I made a, a YouTube channel because I wanted to be able to give them workouts to do over winter break. Uh, and that's, that's how it started. Uh, I created a Facebook page to tell people about the YouTube videos and, um, that was, that was, that was how it started. Very good. What, um, and what did you know back then about social media, about how to launch? Were you thinking, I'm going to launch this into a brand that's going to go worldwide? Or were you thinking more locally? I don't think I was thinking either. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think I was thinking that I was going to launch this into a brand. I think initially I was just like, I'm going to start this and just kind of make it a hobby. Um, and I think I... I I guess when I did start developing the idea for Manful Yoga, I did want it to be an international, you know, global thing. I didn't want it to be mm-hmm. localized um, in that sense. So um, I moved to Texas after graduating because it was 2012 and there were no jobs in government available. So I got a job in sales. Um, I randomly applied to that job uh, because someone told me that Austin, Texas was a good place to live. I hadn't really hadn't success applying to jobs in DC or Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied there, I got interviewed, I got hired and I uh, took everything and moved down to Texas. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't know anybody. I didn't, I hadn't been to Texas before. Um, I just, you know, I was like, well, whatever, I'm single. I'm 23. I'll, I'll make it work. Mm-hmm. And what did you do when you got down there? I was working in uh, third-party logistics. Uh, so basically, you are the you are the middleman or the broker between the people that need trucks to ship goods and the people who have the goods. So you arrange that, and it was a uh, just lots of cold calling, no skill involved really. Um, I mean, there's skill involved. I I shouldn't say that, but for me, it was not my particular skill set, and I had no fulfillment from it whatsoever. Um, and uh, so I, I actually got another job and after about six months of doing that, so then I quit the job and the, um, for that second job, um, the offer fell through after I had quit my other job. And so I was kind of like, well, what do I have going for me? I have this YouTube channel. I have a Facebook page. Um, let's just, let's just see what happens here. And that's, that's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. And how did you start plugging in? Is there a yoga community that you plugged into or do you operate a little more on the fringe on your own? I'd say I operate more on the fringe uh, now, but initially I was, I was very involved with a, a studio here called Black Swan Yoga. I was going there a lot and I was, um, you know, doing classes five or six times a week. And it was kind of like, you know, one of the few things that I enjoyed doing once that when I had that really, you know, really awful job. <laughs> so you were taking classes, you weren't teaching yet? 
No, I wasn't teaching yet at this point. Um, I had been teaching my lacrosse team because, you know, I, I knew enough to, to teach people then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was just taking classes at this point. Um, and then about a, I guess it didn't take me that long. I think about four months after I started doing manful yoga on my own, then I went in to get um, certified. But uh, that, that teacher training program was kind of interesting because people were like, wait, you're already teaching yoga and you already have like customers and you already have a following. And like, what are you, why are you doing teacher training now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I kind of did things backwards in that sense because most of the people there were doing it because, you know, they, they wanted to get certified and they, you know, they just want to take the next level with st- kind of the next step with yoga, but they hadn't actually taught classes yet. And I was kind of there and I'm like, Oh yeah, I make videos all the time and I'm very comfortable presenting. And so, um, that was kind of um, that was that was kind of an interesting experience. It's a it's uh, but, a great skill set to have right away because you can have all the knowledge you want in your head, but if you cannot teach it or impart it or have confidence in front of people to teach, then it's it doesn't really work very well. Yeah, so it, it worked out. So when did you start teaching? Then did you go to a studio? Uh, did you uh, I, scour I the local teach... sports teams? Yeah, I tried to teach in non traditional locations. So I did teach at like I think under I overpasses. Right. Right. I tried to teach at uh, kind of like CrossFit type gyms or, um, you know, with I started working with lacrosse teams. Um, I was actually I, when I moved down here, I joined a lacrosse team here. And so I was kind of able to plug into the high school and the college teams here as a result of that. Um, and so my, my focus was really much more on you know, kind of the non-traditional yoga people instead of people who were used to going to yoga studios. Mm-hmm. So say you, you work with a new lacrosse team, say a high school lacrosse team. What is, what's the first impression that they have to yoga? Or what is your first impression with them? What is the reaction there if they've never done it before? Um, I, I think, well, I can only make assumptions, but I think a lot of people think like it's kind of a waste of time. Um, you know, you also have to, I think you have to be really aggressively masculine um, mm-hmm. when you do it because otherwise, you know, if I show up and I'm, and I act, I don't know, if I were to act kind of effeminate or if I were to, um, I don't know, to show up and not be someone who they would look at and say like, oh, this guy's really strong. He's mm-hmm. someone, you know, I want to, I want to like train like him. Then they wouldn't listen to me at all. So I had to, you know, establish, um, you know, I, I had to be very, I had to establish authority, you know, kind of quickly and, and, um, and make them know like, Hey, like I do yoga, but I'm also a beast and I will destroy <laughs> any of you when it comes to anything physical fitness wise. And that's where so, the, that's where the beard can come in. Also, we were talking about that before we went live, yeah. the beard. Yeah. You've had many different, <laughs> different variations of your beard. Yeah, yeah. The Viking beard was my favorite, but my fiance did not like that. Well, you don't want to um, scare the clients or the you don't you don't want to do too much. You want to keep it more of a Riker beard from Star yeah. Trek. I mean, yoga, you, you, the weirder the better, right? <laughs> well, I'm blonde. I always have facial hair, but you can never see it until someone <laughs> get, even my wife doesn't notice. I'll shave and 2 days later, "Hey, you shaved." So, why do I even <laughs> shave? It's rather right. pointless. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're working with the, the sports teams. What, what are the biggest problems that you work with them on that yoga can help with? So with, with the sports teams that I work with, what I try to do is address the types of the aspects of fitness that they're not getting from their sports training. 
right? So athletes are already doing things very quickly. They're doing a lot of high impact things. They're probably lifting weights. They're doing conditioning. They're running. So for them with yoga, they don't need to work on like doing flows. They don't need to do a vinyasa because Mm -hmm. that's like, that's already fast moving. There's, there's not enough attention to detail there. So, so what I do with athletes is very slow or static movement. So it's kind of more like Hatha in that sense. And that we're just doing poses and we're holding them for 30, 60, 90 seconds while I kind of walk them through all the things that they should be feeling in their body. Um, so we've, we've, focus much more on combining strength and flexibility and then working on balance um, and a little bit of restorative too, to make sure that we're addressing typical problem areas of athletes, hips, lower back, shoulders, um, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you see an improvement or do they see an improvement in their performance pretty quickly on the field? I don't know if I worked with them long enough to see a quick improvement. I think that you know, we did like once per week. So I think maybe they noticed something or maybe they, they learned something about themselves. I'm not sure if, you know, the one, you know, that once per week or with some people, it was only just one, like one session, mm-hmm. one or two sessions that, that they really noticed something terribly different. But hopefully they learned something. Hopefully they learned like, okay, this is an aspect of fitness that I should be working more on or I've learned that my hamstrings are really tight or my hip flexors are awful and, and I should work on this. Or, you know, there are some people who had lower back issues and they're like, okay, I really need to do this because I want to keep playing and I want to, you know, be able to keep playing. But um, yeah, that was kind of the, the response that I think I got. Yeah. And initially too, if, you know, my experience working with athletes also is that you don't have to overload them. Um, as you said, some deep stretches, holding longer periods of time, uh, whatever they are not used to, whatever their body is not used to, if they're used to mm-hmm. running and jumping and running and sprinting and stopping and changing direction, that these deep poses, they have such a healing effect immediately. Mm-hmm. And you're setting, setting yourself up for the rest of your life. It's, you can always cash in on the many benefits of these kind of poses anytime you want to. Mm-hmm. Anytime. So you were working with athletes. And so where did you expand after that? I'm always very interested in other people who run fitness brands and how, what areas you expanded in Uh, Were some of them planned or did Mm -hmm. some things happen to make themselves known in the moment? Yeah. So uh, for me, my focus has always been on yoga for men. Um, And the idea behind that is to, kind of show the traditional guy or like guys who are like me who are athletic who have been you know really active and they want to be as strong as they possibly can so trying to uh create this brand of yoga that honestly initially would kind of appeal to like the alpha male or Mm -hmm. the guys who were really um who could really benefit from this stuff but wouldn't typically do that um and then over time i kind of realized who my audience really was um, and, and, and now I much more work with people who, um, initially I thought it was going to be like, we're doing yoga so we can get ripped, you know? And, and that was totally, you know, I was way off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it ended up being was people, you know, guys who were, who were in their forties, fifties, who needed help with their fitness, not just so like they could improve the way they look, but because they were having pain on a daily basis or they were concerned about whether or not they would live another 10 years. 
So it changed from this something that was like, you know, me being a douchebag, 23 year old, only cared about aesthetics mm -hmm. into, um, oh, wow, we're actually like improving people's lives and allowing them to do what they want to do for a longer time to live longer, healthier, more fulfilling lives. Um, so that's 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 kind of what it, it changed into over time. Okay, and I just wrote down, I take notes during these podcasts, but it was a question I had too, is how has your teaching evolved over the years? And I wrote down the practice deepens, especially the more people you come in contact with. And mm -hmm. that, that age set, 40s and 50s, I also say 30s is very pivotal because there is a point where the, tra the conventional training, if you're not adding the yoga, the flexibility training, the deep stretching to it, you're, you're going to keep – yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hey, oh, you, just, you cut out briefly. Yeah, back. I got a call. That was weird. A call came in from yeah. Austin, Texas. Was that you? <laughs> that was random. It wasn't me. <laughs> wow, coincidence. Someone who wants to talk to us. Um, yes. <laughs> I say the practice, it, it deepens as you go along. And also, as the years go by, if you're not adding that, the yoga into your routines and into your life, these uh, misalignments in your body, uh, imbalances, the bad posture will only get worse. Yeah, very true. And you were talking about, because you're pretty ripped, right? I, I guess. I yeah. just saw a photo you post on Instagram, and I said, that guy is ripped. R-I-P-P-E-D. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Where, where the hell is Sean going with this? But I, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> and so yoga, is yoga the only fitness discipline you do? Do you cross train? I do, you know, I, and I actually went through this period, maybe, maybe, maybe like a year or two year, maybe even a three year period where all I was doing was yoga. And it messed me up, honestly. Um, How so? It really messed up my shoulders. I was, you know, when you're only doing pushing exercises, when you're only doing planks and, and, you know, chaturangas, um, and you're not doing any sort of pulling exercises, mm -hmm. your shoulders don't like it. Um, and so, you know, I got to this point, especially at this, especially because I was trying to work on my handstands at this time. And I just didn't have the strength in my upper back for handstands, but I kept pushing. And eventually I got to the point where I actually had to stop doing any sort of pushing for a month. Really? Like I literally just, yeah, I took off a month where I couldn't do a plank. You know, pretty much all I was doing was hanging from a bar or doing, you know, lacrosse ball work on my shoulders, on my upper back, on my, my rotator cuff, my rhomboids, my pecs, basically trying to open up and reverse all of the imbalanced training that I'd been doing with yoga. So I now what I do and what I recommend for people is um, I think you should be doing, you know, I do yoga every day in some form or another. Um, but I think you should be doing yoga at least twice per week for an extended period of time. So like, you know, twice per week where you're actually doing yoga and really pushing yourself to improve your mobility and improve your balance and your endurance for about 30 minutes. Um, but in addition to that, I'm also doing, I'm weight training, I've been weight training, I mean, my entire life, but I did take a, probably like a three or four year hiatus where I stopped weight training and, uh, you know, focused on yoga, but I've been. Oh, hello, Dean. Hello. Oh, shoot. Oh, you got, <laughs> that's what that was. I hope I didn't swear. Yeah, that was me the second time. 
No, um, but yeah, so I, what was I saying? Oh, we were oh. talking about uh, your weight training a few yeah. times a week. So, so yeah, now I'm, um, and probably for the last, I mean, I think it's been probably two years where I've been trying to be more consistent with weight training, but it's really only been within the last probably six months that I've really committed to weight training and started doing, you know, one, two or three sessions per week. Um, before then I was not really doing any, it was really sporadic. Mm-hmm. And so now I've got, you know, I've got my weights in my office, which makes it a lot easier. Um, and, and yeah, now I'm doing it regularly. And how has your weight training impacted your personal yoga practice? I think, it, I think yoga and weightlifting, they complement one another. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, you think that yoga is really good for pointing and balances and it is, but then you learn when you go back to doing weightlifting and you start doing, you know, running again, like, Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize this, but I have this other imbalance that is because of yoga because of trying to fix another imbalance. Mm-hmm. So like all these things create imbalances and, and integrating them all together helps to point out imbalances. Um, weight training has probably made me better at yoga because of definitely because of the, the, the pull-ups and the strengthening there. Um, but, um, I mean, definitely the, the yoga has helped my weight training more, way more than the weight training has helped the yoga. Um, but it's been really interesting to go back to weight training after doing yoga for so long and noticing the difference between how I used to lift and how I lift now. Yeah. And, and the changes are, uh, much more focus on engaging the right muscles and the right muscle groups. Like before when I was doing squats, I didn't use my glutes at all. I was literally just using my quadriceps and my knees. Mm-hmm. And now I'm actually using my glutes and getting incredibly sore in my glutes. Um, and before when I was doing like a deadlift, it was all lower back. Um, and now I'm using my glutes and my hamstrings like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to. So much more awareness. Yeah, and the that yoga was the practice big difference. with the flows and the breath and the awareness of your position from pose to pose to pose, it translates so beautifully to weight training. I find that I slow down my reps. I'm much more right. meticulous in my form. And in bet- if I weight train in between sets, if I'm benching or squatting or doing, I love pull-ups. I have a fetish for pull-ups. In between, I like to drop down and do a power yoga flow. I like that. The, the flow from yoga is intoxicating to me that I have to mm-hmm. bring it to whatever kind of cross training that I do. I don't want to sit. I certainly don't want to sit and hunch over and look at my phone. I, I want to keep moving the whole time. Yeah. And, and you're constantly engaged. And it's a really neat way to combine the disciplines. I get questions on videos a lot and emails about that. Like, is, is yoga the only thing you do? I said, no, I do a little bit of yoga every day, something, but I do recommend a healthy cross training, cross training, um, discipline. Yeah. And I think it's cool that most people are moving away from the whole yoga guru thing. And people are now like, it's very normal. I think it's, I think it's very normal now to see, um, you know, these really popular yoga instructors on social media who are doing handstands and they're doing warrior poses and then they're doing front squats. Like they're mm-hmm. doing all these different things and they're showing you like, Hey, you definitely don't have to do just yoga. And, you know, I'm doing all these other things because this is what makes me feel stronger and what's, and it ultimately helps them get better at yoga too. 
Mm-hmm. Well, as instructors, you and I, we're always learning and our bodies are the ultimate guinea pigs. We go through things because um, how, how old are you, Dean? Are you about 30? I'm almost 30. I'm, Good. I'm still, I'm 29. I'm still Good here. Lord. Good Lord, man. Once you hit 30, it's all, it's all downhill. <laughs> Get yourself a walker and just use your yoga mats as crutches. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, because even you, people follow you. As I said before, you're ripped, you're in shape, you're doing yoga. But you, you said, was it about a month that you, you had a hard time? You, you, oh, all, yeah. the, all the pushing and not pulling that mm-hmm. you had to go through that. Were you a little scared when that happened? Or did you, were I you wasn't... thinking right away, I'm going to learn how to, how to fix this and move through it? No, honestly, I don't get – I've, I've not gotten scared about injuries um, mm-hmm. because I, I had knee surgery when I was 16, and there was never a thought that said, oh, my gosh, you'll never work out again. It was mm-hmm. always, okay, I'm just – I'm going to get back, and I'll do what I need to do to, to fix this, and, you know, one day it will be good again. So. That's the right attitude, and also it's a learning experience that you can share with the people who train with you, whether in person or via the internet. Right. And yeah. do you, what was the reaction to that? Yeah, I'm sure you were pretty honest about that. Were people surprised, or were they very, very supportive? I'm sure. I honestly don't remember. Um, I've always been very transparent um, in sharing things. Like if I have like, like there are day, like a few few weeks ago, I would think I was no, this is a couple months ago now, but I was sick. And I overdid it on a foam roller. And so I ended up kind of straining my rotator cuff because I shouldn't, my muscles were already weak when I was sick and I was doing foam rolling because I had to record something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up kind of straining my rotator cuff. And now if anything ever happens, I just build it into whatever the content I'm making. I'm like, Hey, this is something that happened to me. I'm sure it happens to many of you too. And this is what you can do to help fix this. And I've, I've had kind of the same you know, the injuries have been similar for the most part. Um, it's been, you know, knee issues and knee rehab. And then every now and then something rotator cuff because of that period when I was only doing handstands and only pushing really Mm -hmm. screwed up my shoulders. Um, and so I learned, okay, this is what I need to do. Otherwise my shoulders are going to get angry. So I, um, I'm still very careful about doing tons of pulling exercises I honestly don't do handstands like at all anymore. Every now and then I'll do it just to see if I can still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, right now it's not something that really interests me. Well, they come in waves. There's certain, mm-hmm. certain exercises you hit really hard for a while. Then your body tells you, okay, that's enough. We need to push back on that. You need to strengthen the opposite muscle. Uh, a few months ago, I was having some issues with my back, little pains now and then, or a muscle would seize up. Actually, it was going on for a few years off and on. And then my massage therapist, she was working on me, and she says, no, no, it's your front. You need to work on your chest more. I wasn't working on my chest as much. Hmm. I was doing a lot of power yoga, a lot of chaturangas, a lot of hovers, but I wasn't getting a lot of the full push-up. I yeah. was dropping down, but I wasn't pushing up other than I'm demonstrating with my arm right now, but pushing up into up dog. <laughs> Can't you see me? <laughs> I, I, I dance around the room. I'm demonstrating everything. I'm going to dance with the Christmas tree. And, and so I started adding, I started benching again, doing inclines, and of course doing push-ups. And I find 
we can lecture on this. We know it to be true. We know in theory it works, but sometimes we just don't do it. I wasn't, I had neglected a part, the front part of my body. I wasn't working Mm -hmm. that and I wasn't working my abs as much. I was solely hitting more of my back and it was pushing me forward and I was getting these imbalances. So I, in some of the podcasts and some of my videos, I have talked about it because it's a learning experience and Sometimes you go on automatic pilot. I, you go to the gym, you start doing things like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I, right. I, I wrote down some new stuff and eh, I want to do the stuff that I know. As I said, I, I really enjoy doing pull-ups, but that doesn't mean I need to do them every other day. Right. That's a Maybe lot. Every, every third day. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, a song comes on, you listen to, I got to go do pull-ups. Right. Over that, you get really excited. What yeah. is your personal yoga workout like you know are you a ashtanga vinyasa power yoga kind of guy so my yoga practice is like is kind of what i do with manful yoga and it's really not like another type of yoga um if i had to i don't want to classify it because that kind of oversimplifies what it is but kind of what i do is i if i'm if i'm on a mat and i'm working out on my own i will do kind of a series of of spine of of spine mobility of core strength of of hip muscle exercises um a lot of them kind of similar to what you would see in physical therapy mm-hmm. um as a warm up and then I'll go into then I'll go into lunges then I'll do you know some balancing postures um but they're held much longer and there's way less aspect on the flow, which is ironic because it's called man flow yoga. Um, but there's less aspect on the flow, more about holding postures for, for, for a very long time. Um, and then again, incorporating body weight exercises and physical therapy kind of into the flow of yoga. Um, but there's, we, I almost never do very rarely will I do chaturangas more than like three times in a workout, maybe mm-hmm. even like once or twice. But I, I'm, I remember going to a yoga class if, maybe a few months ago. Um, I don't really go to yoga. I don't, I don't really go to yoga classes anymore unless I go with my fiance and, and she doesn't go to yoga classes at all. Uh-huh. So it's a very minimal amount of probably again, maybe once in the last year. Um, but I remember doing, chaturangas over and over again and i was like ah what is this is this is a lot of chaturangas some of those nuts with the flows hundreds of them some really fast too yeah that and that's where i'm like oh this is a good way to mess up your shoulder (laughs) Uh uh-huh the instructor in you i know for myself i always want to get in front of the class and start talking about it if if i take a class like hey let me let me get up there and let me say a few things here and if i'm with my wife if there's a a pose i haven't done before something like hey write that down i really like that one remember this one and then (laughs) it's it's a different as an instructor when you go to a class it's you find out the things you like, but you also, there's certain things uh, I'll pick up on also. I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. I would not do that, but it's a good thing because it's not my class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't, I try to remain, um, what's the word? I try to remain as neutral, uh, unnoticed. <laughs> uh-huh. I, if, if I go to a yoga class, I don't want anybody to like know that I'm a yoga instructor. I, I don't, I don't want them to you know, like recognize me from whatever. 
um, <laughs> from YouTube or around town. Yeah. I'd rather just go in like the corner and like just do my thing. And, you know, I, I think actually sometimes I'll go into yoga. I remember when do a yoga class, maybe a, I can't remember how long it was, but, um, you know, and this, at this point I had, I'd been doing manful yoga for a couple of years now, but clearly I didn't look like a yoga instructor because someone, you know, the yoga instructor at the beginning of class, like, are there any injuries that I should know about so I can make everybody avoid this one part of their body for this one person who showed up to yoga and expected special treatment? And so I'm like, <laughs> yes, my shoulder hurts. And she's like, okay, well, yoga involves something called a chaturanga, and this involves your shoulder. So it's going to be kind of tough to avoid that. I was like, oh, okay. I had no clue. Thank you so much for the explanation. <laughs> now, how do you spell chaturanga? What is that? I want to write that down. Yes. Are is we that... going to be doing handstands? I didn't Any realize handstands? you were. Are you fluent in Sanskrit? That's amazing. Is that <laughs> That's amazing. Is that chaturanga? Italian? What is that? Well, it's yeah. nice that she would ask that. <laughs> yeah, true. Um... I guess so. <laughs> hey, I want to congratulate you, too, on your, I think it's, you still consider it your new book, Yoga Fitness for Men. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was, I was, I'm, I'm very pleased with, with the, uh, the impact of that book so far. Beautiful book. Let me tell you, I, well, I got it at the library. I should probably buy it. Right. <laughs> send me a copy. Didn't I send um, you one? Did no, I know? Oh, no, God. you sent me a lump of coal, I think. Oh, okay. That was it. Said best wishes, Dean. Um, yeah. Let me tell you, I was in Montana at a bookstore. There it was. I was in New York City a couple months ago in Manhattan. My book wasn't at Barnes & Noble, but your book was right there. And, and, and <laughs> at uh, Barnes & Noble in Wisconsin when I was visiting my mom. I, I think I posted a photo of that. Um, mm. Yoga Fitness for Men. It's a beautiful book. Thank and you. you're on the cover also. Yes. I remember we had this discussion because I was mad that you had uh, – I was mad that your publishers had put other people on the cover who oh. who didn't – really know yoga i was like sean what is this what is this garbage on the cover of your book <laughs> i know Why i remember you were mad you? i appreciated that yeah um but yeah they actually um but the reason why i'm in the book and not other people is because they were cheap and didn't want to hire models so um they had a budget they couldn't find someone to match the budget because austin is like a fitness town and you know people are expensive here mm -hmm. um i guess so I ended up doing the photos myself, and that worked out. That's great. How did the book come about? Did they contact you? How they contacted work? me. They were actually interviewing a few other people who had similar audiences, who had similar YouTube channels. Actually, some, mm -hmm. some people who had bigger, much larger YouTube channels than I did. Um, but I ended up getting the, the job just because what I was doing with Manful Yoga and kind of my approach to yoga was much more what they were looking for, which was the, the, fit, the fitness-focused um, kind of more male centric type of yoga. Cause the book was yoga fitness for men. Um, mm -hmm. So we were actually, that was, that's kind of funny when we were naming the book, we were trying to figure out what the title was and we just kept on calling it. Well, it's a yoga fitness for men book. And we're like, let's just call it yoga fitness for men. And so <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what, uh, that's what eventually it was named. It, um, fitness is a great word to put in any, in a title. It, it um, for me, it means movement and athleticism. Mm hmm. Yeah. So the photos, how did you you went to a professional studio, right? We or did those work. Yeah. So we did them actually at a um, one of them was done kind of at a warehouse um, called Fair Market. 
and that's in downtown Austin. And the other one was actually at the venue for my future wedding. So um, we went to this place called Bar Mansion, which is this beautiful, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's got a, a, a reconstructed or kind of a restored barn. It has a, a historical ranch home and they do all of their own um, they cook all of their, they, they grow food and they raise livestock there and that's all used for the venues they do. Um, but anyways, so that's where we did the, the photo shoots. Okay. By the way, congrats on your engagement. Thank you. Thank you. She said and yes. She did. Well, I hope so because yes. this is official on the podcast now. Right. Right. She can use it in court. <laughs> when, when is the wedding date? June 15th. June 15th. Yeah. I'll probably, have, I'll pop. Can I sing at it? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, please, that, please well, show up. Perfect. Yes. Polish <laughs> well, your backstreet boys. Oh, that would be great. A little I want it that way and throwing some yoga poses. Yeah. Yeah. You are, yeah, you gotta get right up in the nose for that. Yes. Okay, so the reaction of the book has been very positive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, do you have any plans? Any other books in the pipeline? Um, at the moment now, no, no books. Um, the DVDs, which are still doing, um, very well on Amazon. Um, one of them gets up to number two fairly frequently. The others I've seen in the top 20, um, we are doing more DVDs. Um, so that's in the works, but, uh, we don't have, and that's with a different, that's with a different company. Um, but the, as far as the books go, we might, I know, Maybe one day, depending on how the how it sells, maybe we could do a, you know, a sequel like Advanced Yoga for Men, or maybe a Yoga for, for athletes type book to compete mm-hmm. with, to compete with yours, of course. Yeah, we should be in direct competition. That'd be great. <laughs> we we uh we yeah. pretty much are. <laughs> yeah, one one of the guys has a beard. The other has one, but you can't see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other ones one's in the mountains. The other's under an overpass. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yoga fitness for men. I wrote that down books. Hey, one more thing about, I'm always intrigued by process and mm. how did you find it challenging to sit down and write a book? I know it's a description based book, <clears throat> but still, how was it difficult for you? So I think I have a pretty solid process of creating things. And so, you know, the publishers came to me and they said, Hey, you know, this is the idea. And then, um, you know, after it got confirmed, then we got to actually starting to create the content. And I, I really didn't let them lead that process at all. I kind of took the, I kind of directed that. And I, you know, I wrote down like, hey, what are the goals of this book? Ultimately, who do we want to direct this towards? What should mm-hmm. someone get from this book? Like at the end of reading this book or using this book or even just seeing the cover, what do we want this book to accomplish for people? And once you get all of that down and you kind of write out the goals and the vision, actually writing it is, um, you know, it's easier. Um, it was, it was very, you know, writing the book in the sense that sitting down and writing down a detailed pose description for 55 poses, um, is exhausting. It's, oh, it's meticulous. Yeah. It is, uh, it's left hand, right hand, right foot. And you really got to watch it. Cause if you mm-hmm. throw off one of the feet, the whole pose dies. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it, was, it ceases to be the pose. What, what I, what I noticed most in the writing process was some days I would write something and then I would come back and look at it. And because I had been thinking of something else recently, I'd be like, no, this is dumb. Switch that, take it out. 
And then I'd go back to it again. And I think to myself, what, why is this in here? So, you know, your, your writing is, is, you know, you're trying to write something that's timeless, right? My goal with this book was that it could be something that people use for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years after it's published, Mm -hmm. but the actual writing is something that's very, that's done kind of temperamental, um, yeah. In the sense that what you write is based on, you know, how you're feeling at that moment. So it was kind of weird in a sense that I didn't, I knew that I wouldn't be able to go back and edit that blog later on. Kind of yeah. And it's set in stone once you put it out there and the, right. the writing style changes and what you want to say, like your practice too. Andy, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> she always thinks the UPS guy is here. I don't think he's here. Okay. Thanks, Addy. <laughs> your dog snoring, Addy's huffing. Oh, good. <laughs> So you do, I guess, start wrapping it up here. Before we started recording this, you and I were talking and said, you know, we could probably talk for about two or three hours right. about this. Uh, you do retreats, right, Dean? I remember, I think last time we spoke a couple of years ago, you were talking about doing some kind of surfing retreat up here in the mountains of Colorado. Maybe. Um, I, don't, mm, I don't know if that was me. Maybe I was talking about that. Um, maybe we were joking around, but you said, hey, Sean, come on up, do some classes because – I I haven't done retreats. I don't really think that's my thing, but you have done some, correct? Yeah, I haven't. It's been a while since I've done any. Um, I did, I've done four so far, I think. I did, I've done two in Roatan, Honduras. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done one in here in Austin. I did one in, uh, I ended up doing kind of like a quick three-day one in Idaho, of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I've done a few. Um but mostly I'm focused on at, at some point in the, the whole manful yoga journey, I kind of, I kind of said, okay, like all this other stuff is great, but my real goal is to create an online fitness platform. And so I've got to stop doing, you know, kind of this other stuff. So I haven't done, uh, I haven't done retreats in a while. I, I very rarely do classes in person. Um, we do a couple of workshops mainly to, kind of address the members of our online community um but for the most part it's all for the most part everything is i mean 99 percent of stuff is is created the intention of uh putting it on the internet okay so tell us right now what is your focus is online training what facets of that are you focused on so right now our our what we're doing is we have an online members area and we're working on we're well not working on but continuing to build kind of these structured programs and a workout library to address specific needs of our main kind of demographic Mm -hmm. so workouts that aim to address specific situations so like i just put out a yoga for sciatica workout um yoga for like a yoga program that's appropriate for someone who has a back injury. So a lot of it is creating kind of specialized yoga programs to address um, specific challenges that are very common to the modern man. Um, a lot of sitting, so, a lot of uh, yeah, screens pretty and much, tablets and phones. Yeah, pretty much like all of the workouts in some shape or another are are focused on addressing posture and kind of countering what most people do during the day at their desk job. Okay. So um, but what, one thing that we found that we, that were really, um, I used to do these kind of infrequently is, is challenges, you know, so like doing a community 
driven workout program where everyone does the same workout on the same day. You get a, a daily email to, to notify the person like, Hey, this is the workout for the day. Do it when mm-hmm. you can. And then if you, if you, you know, if you're on social media, post about it and share it in our group. And uh, what we found through our, our member talks, um, and this is, we, we do these every few months, but we actually get on the phone and we, we speak with, you know, as many members as we can um, in the afternoons of one week. And we try to understand, Hey, like, what do you really like? What are your, what do you really like about the members area? What are you using? <laughs> What helps you actually be successful? And we found that most people really like challenges, that they have issues with motivation, that they have, you know, difficulty following along to a workout program if it's on their own. So one thing we really do now, and we've done like probably four challenges um, in the last six months, (coughs) is we host challenges Mm -hmm. where people have a set schedule of workouts uh, to follow um, you know, there's, there's daily emails, there's accountability and motivation, um, content to help them get through it. So that's a lot of what we're doing right now is, is, is structuring, um, workout programs in a way that, that kind of helps you, helps inspire you to do your workout as opposed to following, you know, as opposed to following a set program or, or sorry, as opposed to following, you know, a program on your own or, um, you know, just saying, Hey, here's, here's some workouts and you should, you should try this one and this one. And so trying to give people more structured scheduled workout programs to follow. Yeah. Leslie Fightmaster and I spoke about that. One of the a big challenge with online training is to make it as much like personal training as possible. Mm-hmm. Certainly that's impossible because we're not there, but I've done a couple 30-day challenges now, and they're very popular. I had never done that before. I started with seven-day challenges, and then people liked it. They said, we want 30, we want 60, we want 90. Oh my Leslie had said she did a 90-day one. I'm like, that's crazy. That is that's, so, a, that's a lot. That is so much work. And yeah, but it's true. Yoga workouts. You have, wow. The biggest, a lot of big question is, what do I do? What do I do today? What do I do tomorrow? What do I do the next day? So with a challenge, mm-hmm. you can line them all up and they can go with it. Having a virtual personal trainer and there's a beginning and there's an end. Mm-hmm. And if they liked it enough, they can repeat it. I, they're a lot of work though. I did a, those 30 day ones. They were fun, but woo, at the end, you, you need to crack open the champagne and relax for a few days after that. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is challenging to create that much content. Um, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, some, we don't really, we will put in some new workouts, but there's no way. Um, I mean, I've done one challenge where it was all filmed like specifically for that challenge. But for the most part, if I do a challenge, I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going to record like 30 new workouts and release them all in 30 days. If that's just, (laughs) that's just, because, it, I mean, realistically, that's not sustainable. Like, I can't create 30-minute workouts. I mean, I can't create a challenge for, like, 30 different workouts for a particular challenge. And then people finish it, and they're like, cool, I did that. What's next? <laughs> yeah, that's like, hey, I love this. No. What, what do I do now? It's like, like, you do oh, it again. <laughs> I know. I said, well, hey, do you like it? Do it again. But it's true. You could give them a whole bunch of random workouts. They all work. But if you set them in an order with a theme and you brand the challenge, that's, mm-hmm. that's the challenge. But 
oh, 30. I, I might do another one. We'll see. I, I ebb and flow with how I do videos, which mm-hmm. leads me to a point. How do you get ideas for your videos? You were saying you address certain issues with men and such, but do you find sometimes hard to get something different, something new, or do you find yourself going back to the basics a lot, the foundations? I think I used to find things difficult, um, but honestly, right now, there's just so many different things that I could make. And if I ever kind of need to figure out what to make, I, I frequently kind of compose these little lists that, that kind of address, okay, this is right now, this is missing from the workout library in my members area, or this is something that we need to film eventually. So I have a very good idea right now about like the little things that I need to film. Like right now, for example, we're focusing on filming 25 to 30 minute workouts, things that, um, things that are, we, we find with, with our members and with our audience, it's, it's mostly busy dads. Um, you know, they don't have time to do 60 minutes five times a week, but they can manage to get up before their kids wake up and do like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're creating. Is that the most um, popular number? 30 minutes? Yeah, I think right around 25, 30 minutes, even yeah. 25 people for some reason, you know, 30 minutes is too much, but third, but 25, 25 that seems is... to be the magic number, 20 to 30 minutes right in there. The sweet yeah. spot mm-hmm. where they can, it's just long enough where they start getting warmed up and not too long where they feel like they're going and they're going to miss something else in their day that they're mm-hmm. pushing their schedule back. Do you, have you, um, thought about or have you done any do you film non-yoga workouts do any any other kind of calisthenics do you film weight training or pilates or core i i do actually i felt i film some workouts that are like that are warm-ups for weightlifting so i have like a yoga kind of body weight routine that's that's specifically for before you do deadlifting or before you do a back squat um i film workouts where you're doing kind of calisthenics with you know lunges and squats and some, some kind of basic calisthenics. And um, that's another thing that we're kind of recording right now is we're trying to do more. Um, we're not trying. We are uh, recording who, more. Who's we? You, you have a team? A yeah. Okay. Team? That's, that's what I mean. I, I, our team. Yeah. So I have, um, we're, we're, we, our team is about four, well, four people. So it's got me, obviously uh, we've got a, uh, a marketing manager who is kind of our, um, He's, he does a lot of analytics. He does the video editing. Um, he's kind of like a COO. Um, we have our web developer who creates all of the graphics and manages the website and does everything technical. And then um, we just hired a girl a few months ago who is um, strategy, um, just overall strategy. And she also helps with, with social media. Um, so, you know, we've got a lot of yeah, at some point I kind of realized, like, I don't want to do all this on my own. And I want to get this stuff done quicker. So, you know, I need, I, I want to work with other people. So yeah, I remember our last chat we had, we did talk about the rabbit hole theory. I always bring up the rabbit hole that uh, be having your own fitness brand and doing so much of it online that it's, it's a wonderful thing that the possibilities of each day are pretty much endless, how far you can take it. But also the mm-hmm. negative part of that is the possibilities are endless. You can run yourself ragged. Where you were telling me, I think that the, sitting so much during the day, I think you got a standing desk, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got like one in my office, one at home too. 
because I, I know for myself, I can start off, I make a list of things to work on. I might start off by answering emails and that can move into doing something on YouTube and then doing research on something and then connecting with somebody else and then editing and going on and on and on. It can be exhausting. So uh, it's very important to find a balance and you're very smart to hire people that can shore up these other areas because you don't want to have to learn everything. We, we just don't have that much time to do all that. Right. And to do I it mean, well. Yeah. And, and ultimately my goals are with this is I want to, I want to be able to reach more people and, um, you know, in order to do that, I need more people doing this with me. And I mean, I also want to do it in a way that kind of allows me to live a, a lifestyle that I enjoy. So, mm-hmm. um, not in the sense of like financial, but just in the sense of having free time to do what I want to do instead of, you know, spending all of my spare time video editing or making sure that, you know, social media posts are, um, are, you know, exactly what they need to be. I still write actually all of my, for the most part, mm, not all, but I, I write most of my social media still, but um, you know, I don't have to come up with ideas as I don't have to come up with every idea. So like, if I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do for today or like, what's our strategy for next week? You know, someone else is able to say, Oh, this is what we're, you know, this is what I think we should do. And I'm like, you know, that's great. Let's do that. It's good to get a different opinion, a different angle. Cause post writing is a, that could be a full-time job. I, I probably write about 10 to 20 posts a day. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, some of them are inspiring, like they come to you and then others, they're very labored. You, 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 as you said, when you're writing the book, I'll, I'll write a couple lines. It should be a simple post. I'll be in the shower and it'll be a Eureka moment. And then I get upstairs after I dry off and get dressed and I go upstairs to my office and I can't remember what it was. And I keep rewriting (laughs) the sentences until at the end, it doesn't make any sense at all. And it's only three sentences, but post writing Mm -hmm. is. I write all my own posts too. I've had some people work for me and I didn't like it. It didn't match my personality, didn't match my brand. You and I have our own brands. We like to do it in our own voice because that's what people mm-hmm. expect. Yeah. But post writing is an art. I do. I'll look to your posts. I look to other people I know for inspiration sometimes because there's only so many things you can write. Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. Um, I mean, that pretty much is my job. I'm a copywriter. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and your posts I are write... very good. I was looking at some. They're informative. They're, they can be technical, but you don't get overly technical because some people don't like that. You don't like, look, yeah. uh, tell me what I should do, how I should do it, when I should do it, where I should do it, and how long should I do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I try to say like, hey, do this because this, instead of saying, this is the process of why this happens. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I get it. Like, this is how I build more muscle. Cool. Like, I don't need to understand how that works. I just need to know like, what's the action and then what is the result? And working with a lot of guys, I've worked with a lot of them too. They're like, this bothers me. What do I do for that? This bothers me. What do I do for that? Or give give me a pose I can do. My, my hamstrings are really tight. It's always hips and hamstrings. That's what most people come to you with, but then you can break it down further. So with all this posting and filming and writing, Dean, all this work that you're doing, you have a wedding coming up. uh, How do you find balance? What do you do to find balance? Hmm. Um, I work out. I go on walks with my dogs. I like reading. Yeah, walking is one of my favorites too. Yeah, walking is wonderful. 
Um, yeah, working out is uh, obviously part of it. So making sure that I'm kind of um, spending time working on my personal fitness goals, uh, you know, not necessarily yoga all the time, but, you know, getting, getting under a, getting under a bar or setting up some weights and making sure that I'm trying to be consistent with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of, I do a lot of stuff at home in the sense, like I do, I do a lot of cooking. Um, you know, I like to tidy things up and make sure everything's clean. Uh, you know, take care of my fiance. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, I stay constantly busy. I don't really watch TV. Um, mm-hmm. what does your so, fiance think of what you do? Um, I, uh, of the of like of Manfoy Yoga, yeah, of, of your brand and what your your uh, your brand. No, is. I think I think initially she was she was like you know skeptical, um, <laughs> but you know she's seen you know the success that we've had over the past few years and how it's grown and you know the responses that we get from people and so she's you know she's just <laughs> she's just waiting. So can I quit my job yet? Can I get my job? Oh, really? My wife says that a lot. My wife works, uh, has a good job with Visa, but she says, I want to retire, sell some more. I have another book, another paperback. It's not official yet, but um, I have a new publisher, so I might be announcing oh, cool. that soon. But she equates the books with being able to retire. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, you know, <laughs> these fitness books, they don't usually sell a few million copies. Um, you can get some money off them, but I don't know if you should quit your job when we start buying some, some cottages up in Wisconsin by the lake. But buddy, <laughs> she says that too. Like, I want to retire. I don't want to do, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So what, what advice, um, closing up here, somebody comes to you and they say, Dean, you know, you, you do videos and books and you teach, I want to do what you do. What, what advice would you, would you give them? I would say you need to figure out, actually, someone came into my office yesterday and asked me this very question. No. Um, <laughs> Get him out of there. Yeah. Um, Wait, is your think, office open to anybody? No, he actually, I mean, it was a, it was a meeting. He came oh, in. And like, okay. You know, I picture um, someone wandering into your house or your apartment. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, we have, we have an office uh, that we do all of, our, all of our filming in, and I actually put in a bunch of working out equipment here. So it's kind of like my little gym too. Okay. Um, but as, as far as like, if you want to kind of do something similar to like what Sean and I are doing, um, I think what you need to do is first figure out who it is that you want to help. Um, so like what type of person, like what is their, what is their age? You know, what are their, what are their struggles? What do they, what are their goals? And, um, and ultimately to create a solution for them. Um, I think it's easiest to create a solution for yourself. So your goal should kind of be to target people who are similar to you so that it's easy to relate to them. And I think you just need to get out and start, you know, giving your message. Um, you know, if you're passionate about like, I really like working on my knee health, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, but get out there and like, you know, stick with your tone and, and be consistent with your message and with your branding and focus on building a brand and building an audience first and then figure out what those people, you know, figure out, um, figure out what those, what those people are really like, um, actually have, you know, get on the phone with them, call them, talk with them, figure out, you know, what they are, who they need, what they need, um, sorry, who they are, what they need. 
and then start figuring out, okay, well, what solution can I create for these people? And then from there, figuring out, okay, how can I make a solution that allows me to do this and, you know, pay for my rent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. Is it viable? It's a question I get a lot. Like, how do you right. make money off it? I don't get into too many specifics, but I say, well, mm-hmm. the more you put yourself out there, books, apps, online training, teaching, their revenue streams. So right. if you are willing to put in the time and, well, also people want to work out with you, that it, it can be lucrative, but it's a, it's a constant hustle. Yeah. It is a constant hustle. And you and I seem to really enjoy it. I love it. I've thought mm-hmm. a few times about quitting and that's just emotions talking like, no, I love it. I do other things as well, but I do love the, the, the fitness brand. It is always interesting and it is always fun. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm kind of the same. Whoa. Whoa. That was a bar. I'm setting up a weight. <laughs> are, you, are you bench pressing right now? Uh, I'm, I'm about to start deadlifting, actually. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like, honestly, like if I if I won like whatever, a million dollars tomorrow, I would probably still do exactly what I'm doing. Like That's this is something wonder- that, I just... that is wonderful. That's a wonderful yeah, thing I to mean, say. It's something I enjoy You just doing. wear more expensive clothing. I don't even know if I'd wear expensive. I have. Well, I you're have usually shirtless, up. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I have more well, expensive non-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I would. I would <laughs> have a very manicured chest. That's right. For... Did you see this? Yes. Yes. I trimmed. I had it professionally trimmed. That's like a whole <laughs> Seinfeld episode right there. Yes. yes, just do it. I know that's the Nike theme, but I, that's what I say to people also. Get out there and start doing it because what you think you want and what will really happen will be so different. But it's important. You and I both started working one, one-on-one with people. We started t- by teaching classes, and that's a fantastic way to start too because you can work with people. And it's not about views. It's not about comments and likes and all that stuff that can muddy the waters. It's about working with people for their fitness goals. Yeah, that's it. So, D, I like to end these podcasts. I have a list of 25 questions. Don't worry. I'm not going to ask you all of them, but there's some oh fun God. questions. I get a lot of feedback from people who listen to this podcast about, oh, I really enjoyed those questions at the end. I said, well, what about the rest of the podcast? Like what? So <laughs> are you ready for a couple questions, Dean? I, I call you Dino all the time. Cause I like Dean Martin, but yeah. All right, Dean, this, all right. What is your favorite workout song? Mm. Uh, Dead mouse monophobia. Okay. That was, you answered that like family feud right there. That was good. I keep asking this one. What was your favorite subject in school? History. That was mine too. American history. Uh, what's the toughest workout you've ever done or filmed or both? Bikram yoga was the toughest workout I've ever done. Did you do it for quite a while? I know you said you went in. That was your first class. I did. That first Bikram yoga class I ever did was the most difficult workout I've ever done though. That's fantastic. What a great way to start your, your entry into the world of yoga with that. Right. Uh, since it's the uh, Christmas season, what is your favorite Christmas slash holiday film? Mm, love Actually. Real? Oh my! I make fun of that movie. My wife loves <laughs> it. I like it. It's got all the Harry Potter people in it, which leads me to the next <laughs> one: Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. 
Uh, and you're answering these really fast. Usually people repeat them a few times. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just spit it, spit it out. What is the most inspiring health and fitness book you've read? Besides mine, my books, of course, and your own. Mm. Oh, do I even know that answer? I should know these. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a health and fitness book that I've read that's really inspiring. Um, it's not a health, it's not a, it's not a fitness book. I think the most inspiring, inspiring kind of fitness book is the relentless book by george grover like no tim grover i think mm -hmm. it's the the trainer of it's michael jordan's trainer okay and what's it called relentless 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 i'll have to look that up <clears throat> yes okay you, you want one more just keep them coming sean this oh is there's so many what's the best birthday present you ever received i love yeah. these i had a fun time writing these out uh, Marissa bought me tickets to Las Vegas to go see the Backstreet Boys. My see, fiance. you do like the Backstreet Boys. I do. I have to say, I do enjoy them also. I used to use them in my spinning class. Oh, good. I think larger than life. It also reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. <clears throat> Which, <laughs> hey, I'm segueing here. Which movie have you seen more than any other movie? And you cannot say Love Actually. It's actually Love Actually. No, no, what, what's number two? Uh, number two movie I've seen more. I'm trying to think of movies that I've seen more than love, actually. Um, movies that I've watched more, probably like The Big Green or Sandlot. Something that something definitely definitely a kids oh, movie. Yeah, I saw Sandlot for the first time recently. That was really cute. I don't know how I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite smell? Hmm. Favorite smell. I have a, I like Christmas trees. I like the smell oh. of of Christmas trees. Yeah, and kind of like a like a cinnamon, uh, like a cinnamon red apple Christmas tree kind of kind of blend. Uh, you would love where I live. I live in a town called Evergreen, and I'm looking out my big windows. It's all pine trees. That sounds wonderful. So it smells like in, Christmas. Yeah, Austin, Texas. Lots of. Uh, it's pretty downtownish, but yeah, we don't have a lot of views. But whenever I pass a around the Christmas season, I if there's a bunch of Christmas trees at outside a supermarket, I always stuff my nose in the trees, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, it's amazing. It's like fresh mowed hay or a lawn. Oh, I love that smell. It, it reminds me of childhood. And I even have mm -hmm. a candle upstairs that smells just like that. Even though I could just go outside and smell that. Okay. Nice. Mm. No, oh, I, you know, these dog or cat, dog. Oh, obviously, mountains or the beach. Mountains. Favorite place in the world to visit that you've been so far? Of course. Hmm. I liked uh, Vancouver. Oh, one of my clients just came back from Vancouver. It's gorgeous. Anywhere with a mountain. Anywhere with a mountain and water. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite song to sing in the car slash karaoke slash shower? My karaoke song is, is, uh, probably Backstreet Boys, um, larger than life or like, I want it that way. I want it that way. The other night yeah. I was laughing myself silly on YouTube. You ever watch shreds? No, they take, there's one look up Backstreet Boys shreds. They were on Oprah's show performing I Want It That Way, but they remove the audio track and these people create their own 
track it is ingenious they matched it up perfectly it's one of the, it makes me cry i laughed so hard my voice hurt for like a day i will i will have to look this up that's and Shreds. there's a holland one oats holland oats one also and an elvis one and they're oh my god they're so funny if you want to know what makes me laugh that's one of them <laughs> all right that and old tv shows oh i love a columbo i love the old stuff all right all right one one more one more what's your favorite season Mm. and why mm. well in texas we have one season that's that's how it was in florida too we have summer and then we have less hot summer mm-hmm. um my favorite season would be either i can't i don't know if it's fall or if it's spring but i like it when it's not too hot um i'm gonna go i don't i don't know if it's fall or spring honestly i'm gonna have to say fall or spring okay i'll uh, We'll take fall. I think fall okay. is good. In the Midwest, spring is usually exciting because it's getting maybe warmer eventually. But right, it's still winter, but it's still okay. really there's still snow on the ground. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Dean. Well, if people want to learn more about you and follow you, where can they do that? And I'll put this in the description also of the podcast. I am on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So. All of those dot com slash manflow yoga, M A N F L O W yoga. And then my website is manflowyoga.com. Okay. And you have so much stuff coming up. You have the programs, you have the videos, the books. So check all those out. And Dean, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the Sean Vig podcast today. Yes. It was, it was great having a conversation with you, Sean. Thank you. Oh, and it's so important that, like, that you and I stay in touch. And we, we got to do another collaboration sometime, maybe for the new year. That would be nice. Yeah, we have to, we have to attempt to do something again. Well, the I last agree. one was a beast. It was about an hour long, wasn't it? It was this massive power yoga flow going back and forth. I was in Colorado. You were in Texas. I love how that works. Right. Yeah, that was that was difficult to film, but we did it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a great way to collaborate and to get two different people together that have similar but different styles. It's like you have two instructors in front of you. I love that. But uh yeah, it's always awesome to talk to you and uh you're just you're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. Doing so well. Thank you. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Sean Veek podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please Give it a comment below, leave a nice rating, and as always, share it on. That's how we get this around the world, get more and more people listening, getting new guests on the podcast every single week. And if you want to learn more about me, Sean V, you can always check out my website at seanvigfitness.com, download my free fitness app, browse my collection of books, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, among other things. It is a pleasure coming at you today, and I will look forward to next time. Take care.